and welcome back to part four of our what is welcome. play by post episode mm-hmm. who are you oh hi i didn't see you there come on in why don't you pull up a fresh pile of dirty laundry and sit down warm your toes by the electric heater i'm your host king monkey and i and with me oh, as always I, I, I jumped the gun i'm sorry you jumped right over uh, me i thought we were playing leapfrog sorry <sighs> you ruined it but Fine. go ahead i'm the ruiner <laughs> welcome to the ruined yep. podcast with king monkey and king the monkey ruiner and the ruiner yep we're, we're a bad morning dj act now and uh, <laughs> Yeah, this is this is a far fall from the <laughs> levels, the sheer peaks that we've reached yes, in the past. We, we have we have achieved such greatness that and now yeah, we're plummeting. I can't, I can't plummeting. believe how far we've fallen in such a short time. <laughs> oh, well, well, let's see if we can salvage something. The show must go on. Oh, oh, as the great poet once said, "Kid Rock." Yeah, I think so. Pretty sure. So today we are talking about we we've talked a lot about being a player. Mm-hmm. on play-by-post and what that kind of side looks like so we're gonna dip our toes in not to the electric heater thankfully but into some water <laughs> it's okay the electric heater's in water <laughs> oh. oh no oh everything's so gone wrong i need to jim jim i need you to get our lawyer on the phone oh my gosh <laughs> things are going bad but before we get there mm-hmm. i feel like we should address a very important issue should we what's up with you what's up with you What's up with you on RPGX, man? Ah, um, yeah. So, in, uh, I guess, around about the time that we're recording this in the distant past, I am actually starting three uh, separate uh, games of Vampire the Masquerade. Well, sorry, World of Darkness. Two of them are Vampire, one of them Werewolf. Mm-hmm. So, I'm actually starting three separate games at the same time. Nice. And actually, I tell you, one of them is super cool because I have a new player who wanted to be introduced to Vampire the Masquerade. And I found that in the past, I did a similar thing with Ethera, where she wanted to be introduced to Vampire the Masquerade. And I wanted to have another player in with her to sort of help guide her into the world as part of the narrative rather than me just info dumping a bunch of stuff on her. Mm-hmm. And then we played that game. That was about 10 years ago. Back when I started on the site, uh, I ran a very large uh, Vampire the Masquerade Chronicle. Jump forward 10 years, Thera asked me uh, if we wanted to play Vampire again. And I thought it'd be cool to return to that same world, you know, that same uh, fictional city. But 10 years down the line. Then we got this other player who came in, uh, Humble Athena, wanted to play Vampire. She's new to the game. And I wanted to have the same thing where I wanted to have a player to guide her through. So I actually went and got Estradling, the same player who'd helped Athera get into it. He's going to be returning to his original character from 10 years ago, 10 years down the line, after everything in between, basically that guy's entire aims and goals, everything fell apart. So he is now... He would have been Prince. Now he's absolute nothing. And he's going to get a chance to return to that character from 10 years ago and imagine what he's like now after everything's fallen apart. Very cool. So it's kind of cool. It's starting uh, three brand new games, um, one of them with a new player, but in a world that I had previously already run in this uh, on this site back when it was D&D Online Games. So it's super cool. And you also run a, an in a real-life game for some youth, right? Um, 
I do. I'm running a game for um, my one of my kids and my buddy's kids. Uh, so we've got uh, a Sunday afternoon kids D and D game, and I am also running a game for my buddy. Um, so we've got an adult game, and then on Saturday nights usually, and then the kids game on uh, oh, Sundays. Wow. So I'm running running two in real life games and running three online games very at the moment. Cool. I'm in two games, mm-hmm. and I have plans that have been kind of slowly been working up for a while for what I'm calling the uh, Tower of Aslan. And the, the okay. idea is... Aslan? Aslan. So, yeah, the old... Oh, Aslan. No, not, not Aslan. Not the lion. Not Lion Jesus. Yeah, I was wondering, like, uh, the, the Narnia role-playing <laughs> game? Is that what you're, no. what you're doing? No. Pathfinder kind of set. That'd be cool. And they, okay. it started as an idea that I just had and thought, hey, this would be cool to, to try out. The, the main idea being mm-hmm. that this tower, the Pathfinder world has a precursor race called the Aslanti. And one of the fun things that keep popping up is like, oh yeah, they've been wiped out, but they, what they did back then keeps coming back and kind of screwing the world. Right. And I'm like, well, what if we took that a step further? And now, you know, these, this was a place where people were trying to save the world during that time. And their experiments somehow shifted for them forward in time. Okay. Creates this kind of island in in and out of time where people can get access to very strong and overpowering technology and magic okay but also has the potential of giving them a connection back to the beginning and rewrite time essentially well that's kind of interesting so so my plan had been to get three new people who were playing the characters in the tower and then pull people from games that haven't that have either stopped or have stalled or just never got going like we hoped and let them play other people who are trying to come for their various reasons and either protect the tower or get into it and take it over. So you kind of a place for lost characters. That's kind of cool. Kind of like a, uh, a second chance theater, if you will. Oh, Oh. Oh. wait, what's that from? I have no idea. Have the listeners been introduced to that concept yet? (laughs) Yeah, I, I mean, I hope so. I'm also time traveling here, so I'm not sure what's going on. <laughs> Who am I? Who are you? <laughs> what year is Who it? Who plugged that electric heater in in the water? That's a dumb idea. <laughs> so, so the shape of today's episode is GMing. Okay. Yeah. And GMing. before we dive into that topic a little more, mm-hmm. we do have to do our random verb of the week, sponsored by It's a Verb. <sighs> Who may or may not okay. be me. Right, right. So I'm exp- but it's definitely not me today. Definitely seems to be trending away from that. Okay. So I am going to hit the random, our random verb of the week, sponsored by It's a Verb, who may or may not also be me. All right. Is propose. 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 Once Edric the Bard had managed to overcome his fuming rage at the goat who had tried to disrupt his performance of a soliloquy, he realized his affection for the animal and promptly proposed. Very interesting. I, I I give a round of applause. I, I didn't expect that one. I, I didn't either. At all. I it was better than gurgle though. Was it though? Yes. I mean, you got a guy proposing to a goat. No, no, you got a guy proposing to a goat. I didn't ask for it. You, you're the one who asked for it. This was specifically your request. You were like, "Hey, King Monkey, can we have? Can you propose to a goat, please?" And I was like, "No, I don't want to do it." But you could have easily proposed a truce or proposed a joint act or. 
many other ways of Okay, here's the thing. I've been playing D&D for a long time. I have never encountered someone proposing a truce <laughs> or proposing working together on anything. You so, instead went with the just... hit movie, The Men Who Proposed to Goats, and... Uh, such a good movie. I, I just, I, I don't know what to do with you. So we're just going to move on yeah. to our main topic, rather than That's exploring that best. a little more, because we will get shut it's down before we exploring. ever get started. <laughs> so, setting up for a game on Play by Post is possibly mm-hmm. a little different than playing in real life. What are some differences that come possibly. up in your mind? Well, if anything, I find it's a little bit easier online. When you are playing in real life, you are probably either just dictating your source material or interesting bits or whatever kind of background the players need for the game. Mm -hmm. Or you may have typed it up, printed it out, and handed them a printout, which gives them whatever information they have. Okay. If you're doing it on the site, you've got it already there. You're going to go through the step of preparing it anyway, and there it's already available for the people. So I find that doing it online, it almost skips a step. Basically, you've you created whatever reference material or uh, house rules or whatever they need for the game, and you've posted it, and boom, it's there. So having that easy access to the reference material, I think, is definitely a bonus. Another thing I think that makes play-by-post a little better and a little easier, not better, a little easier on a game okay. master is... Sort of the lack of the immediacy on replies. Because if a player throws a curveball to you in a game in real life, yep. nine times out of ten, you have to be able to respond fairly quickly or look like you're unprepared. Yeah, you get a lot of, uh, uh, uh. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Whereas sure. if you're doing a play-by-post game, someone throws you a curveball, you take a couple days, you come up with something, you double-check your canon for the world or whatever, right? and then you go. And they may never know that you didn't know what to do with that. Mm-hmm. So that can be that can actually be a, a good place to start if you've never GM before. The illusion of competency. Exactly. Something that we yeah. all strive for anyway. <laughs> <laughs> I I absolutely require the illusion of competency. <laughs> I mean that that's sort of what we're doing <sighs> here, right? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Are we though? Have we have we successfully crafted that illusion? I feel like we I'm have not... <laughs> because yeah, no, there's exactly. A lot of stuff I on, fully agree with that. There's a, there's a lot of stuff on the cutting floor <laughs> that that people will never see <clears throat> that yeah, that's make us best. look much better than we actually are. <laughs> yeah, for sure. The illusion of competency. Fantastic. Another thing that can can be a good or a bad, I think, is kind of the clear lines between player con or character content and player content. So you have your yeah. out of character thread and you have your game thread usually. Mm-hmm. In one way, that's a good thing, I think, because you never have to ask, hey, are you doing that in, in character? Oh, yeah. back I remember back uh, before this site ever came along, back in the olden days when we used to play uh, at my buddy Kevin's place, we it ended up having the hands up rule, mm-hmm. where if you were saying something that could be construed as being in character, but was clearly not meant to be, you would have to raise your hand. <laughs> And you had a couple of seconds where you could say something stupid and it's like, oh, no, 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 no. <laughs> I didn't call the queen a, a, a raging idiot. You know, that kind of yeah. thing. But yeah, being able to separate that into an out of character thread. Um, not to mention when you play in real life, you may have noticed that sometimes you'll get sidetracked into conversations about completely irrelevant mm. matters, um, which is fine. That's part of socializing. It's part of the game, right? 
But being able to separate that from the game, I find it just keeps things clean on both sides, you yeah. know? And it also helps if you have to ask the DM a question, if you want to mm-hmm. ask another character a question, you don't have, you don't, you're not distracting from the actual game itself. On the flip side, it can kind of make some of your stuff be overthought, I think, because you're out of the moment, you know, you have the time. It's not making it necessarily worse. I'm not indicating that. But yeah. a lot of people, especially that gravitate towards these kind of games, can be overthinkers. <laughs> I have not noticed that trend <laughs> at all. And so when you have time and you know you have time, right? you spend a lot of time thinking, oh, I'm going to do this. You, you can kind of get paralysis of choice, mm-hmm. even though you had a, a gut instinct when you first saw what happened. Right. So you're saying that uh, the lack of time constraints on play-by-post gives you enough rope to hang yourself if you are the overthinking kind. It it definitely can. It can. Yeah, right. Yes. Sure. I could see that. Another cool thing about play by post is how yep. how readily mm-hmm. you can and easily you can access rules material or gaming booklets or yeah. uh, system reference documents, SRDs. Surds. It's pronounced Surd. 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 <laughs> Welcome to Surd. So if you're like, I don't know exactly how this works. Oh, no, yeah. I, I have time now to figure that out. Yeah. Whereas at a table, you may feel you rushed. Gotta, you got to stop. You got to flip open the book. Figure yeah. out, yeah, what's even, the rule for this? Even the time looking it up online can be a major slowdown. So we talked about combat last time, things that can slow it down. Mm-hmm. In play-by-post, those sort of things are not what can slow a game down right. as much. So the the slowness of play by post by comparison actually becomes a benefit because now you're not stopping the game to do things that you can just do in between posts, right? It I that I'm I do say that that is something that is a bonus. Yeah, for sure, absolutely. Yeah, but I mean, like with anything, it has its flip side. Mm-hmm. Just like we talked about, the paralysis of choice can hit you on some of that because you're like, well, I have to do this or this or this or this. Yeah, and then you end up asking the DM, "Can I do this?" Oh. Well, what if I do this? I think it should work this way, but it says this. So you, you can, on the flip side of that, get a lot more discussion than you normally would about things, mm-hmm. which isn't necessarily bad or good. And, you know, I, I would actually say that that can just as easily happen in real life games as well. You know, one of the uh, one of the games that I was running or am running, rather, we had a younger player and he was new to the game. And in real life, he was suffering from analysis paralysis, where he, he could spend forever, I'm sure, spinning his wheels, <laughs> thinking about things to do, to the point where the other players and I basically had to tell him, you can spend the entire night thinking about things to do, or you can spend the entire night doing things. Mm-hmm. And eventually, you're just going to have to make a decision and move it. And it's it's better for you. It's better for the other players. So, I mean... That sort of trend exists in in real life games as well, but I think it's probably slightly less pronounced when it occurs in an online game, in a play-by-post game. Yeah, I definitely agree. Now, we talked about surds. Surds. Yeah. <laughs> talked about the surds. Talked about the surds. Right. What do you do if you want to run a game on the site that does not have an SRD, an online access? Mm-hmm portal for people who don't necessarily own all the books and remember we are officially endorsed by the site right so clearly we are not going to um like actually for myself i don't endorse pirating these games Mm -hmm. just because 
I want to be able to support the companies that make the games I like. Exactly. It's fairly straightforward. Um, you know, I want to be able to make sure that they're continuing to be in business and will continue to provide me with the material that I want. So, um, that said, if you are playing with somebody who doesn't have access to them, that's a pretty good question. Uh, you can ask them, you know, go out and buy it. I mean, some things are available online as PDF or maybe you've got a, a local game store. Mm -hmm. So you're asking if the person doesn't have access to system reference uh, and also doesn't have access to an actual book and that person wants to play. Yeah, I was just I was just generally proposing the idea of running a game that doesn't have that easily and free access option already there. What you think can happen? Because I one of the things I thought of is there you are allowed to share excerpts and mm -hmm. and bits of things right so you can't just like send someone the pdf of a game that is not available for free however if they say okay well i, I think i want to play this class and i, I want to be this kind of character you can send them okay here's the important bits you can also you know paraphrase some of the bits there give them the mechanics outside of that so there are options it just becomes a little harder so I think that's why yeah. the games that get the most applicants are either ones that are... They're the more popular games, the more widely uh, yes, available Yes, more widely games. available, yeah. the ones that have online references, or that there are so many people that play it, having access to a copy is not unreasonable. I would say, though, that if you're playing with someone who doesn't have it, as I am presently... I basically what I did is as a GM, I was available. I made myself available for a bit of time on Discord. I provided the player with a character sheet. Now, there's one thing. If it's a PDF of a character sheet, I don't mind sharing Definitely. that with people, right? And then just walk through the steps with the material that I've got. Walk through the steps of creating the character with her. Yeah, so um, make yourself available if you have the time to walk through the steps of character creation with someone who doesn't have this the system reference stuff after that once the game gets going the out of character thread would be your friend where people can ask hey how do i or what happens if then other people who have the reference material as well can also chime in on their free time and you know give rules to the the new players uh as as you go along yes and and i think it's it's a gray area in a lot of ways because we can share books no problem, but PDFs can be copied very easily. Mm -hmm. So it, I think that's why, from a legal standpoint, you definitely don't want to be sharing PDFs because you've ostensibly paid for it. Yeah. And you want, as you said, to keep supporting that creator, hopefully, and, and, as long as nothing weird has come out recently about them. You want to keep supporting that, that creator. Yeah. I mean... I don't want to sort of sidetrack into a discussion of piracy, but I know it can be very easy uh, to fall into the in sort of entitlement uh, mm. frame of mind where because it's there and because I want to play, I can just do it. Right. And, you know, but it, it really isn't cool to essentially steal the work of those creators. Mm -hmm. And um, I, I can because, admit that I, I've yeah. been bad like that and I've done that in the past. I'm sure most of us have. And, and my mm, ultimate goal all. has always been when I have the funds, I will go and buy those books. And I've since started doing yeah. that. Like I've bought a like they announced Pathfinder 2E was coming out and I started buying Pathfinder 1E mm -hmm. because I had the money at the time. I'm like, well, this is perfect timing for me. Yeah. So I'm buying all those books, even though it's about to go, quote unquote, out. 
But I mean, they never really do go out, do they? When you're dealing with role-playing right. games, there's always people who play. I mean, there's still people who play a second edition, even on the site, you know? A D&D, yeah. that is. Which has yeah, been around since the when you like an 80s. edition, when you know an edition, it's very easy to keep going with For that sure. edition. Yeah. I'll tell you that I'm actually just at a stage where I just don't want to learn a new edition of anything. <laughs> There's only so much space available on the old hard drive. Ah, yeah, diminishing every year for you. Oh my god! I whatever. mean, daily probably. I I don't even know who you are anymore since we began the podcast. <laughs> I mean, we can clearly see that you don't remember from podcast to podcast who I am or who you are even. The information sometimes comes to me, but it's often hazy. What's nice is the. Mm -hmm. RPG Crossing site actually has links to several PRDs or SRDs already. So you've got the the Pathfinder, you've got 5e, you've got 3.5, 3, and these are all Dungeons and Dragons. Mm -hmm. You've got D20 Modern, you've got 13 Age as links under the Tools tab at the very top Yeah, that you can just go to. And so those games are always accessible to some degree to anyone. Yeah, and as you say, it's always going to be the most popular ones or the companies that have them, uh, you know, the, the system reference documents available. And I would imagine if there are SRDs available for other games, if there's enough interest shown, I imagine you could probably request site administration to provide links, because I believe that's what happened with 13th Age. Uh, I think it was Ethera had kicked up enough interest that uh, and found out that there was an SRD. Uh, so I... If I'm not mistaken, that's what led to Birch throwing the link on there or okaying throwing the link on there. So, I mean, maybe if there's a game you want to play and if you can demonstrate to uh, staff that there is an audience for it, you maybe you can ask to have a link. I'm just saying. Yeah. Never hurts to ask. Oh, no, it can hurt to ask. That's a <laughs> lie. Whoever, you know, anyway, going on. No, no, no. We need to keep them naive and disillusioned. Wait. I think I did that. Other way around. Other way around. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, no, I mean, there are there are SRDs, so that's pretty cool. And you can always ask for more if you can demonstrate uh, the interest for them. So what are some ways that you know of, Mr. Monkey, mm -hmm. to start a game on the site? Like, not necessarily create an ad, mm -hmm. but just you want to start a game on site. How do you get the people together for that? What are some ways that you know of? Um, yeah, well, I mean, like you say, you could create an ad if you just want to do sort of the equivalent of cold calling, just, uh, stand out in the field and say, Hey, who wants to play world of darkness? You can do that, uh, through the game seeking player forums. Sometimes if you're looking through the player seeking game forums, mm -hmm. you can find people who have concepts that sort of spark your imagination. Yeah. I believe um, you did that in, I, in the yeah, previous episode I, you told us about that. Yeah, that was the uh, Kingdom's first private detective. And it, it kicked off a totally different idea than I initially had for that game. So, I mean, I do I do recommend trolling through there. I have talked to people in real life. I've recruited two members to the site mm -hmm. uh, who also have issues with scheduling conflicts and whatnot. So, I mean, you can go through social media if you've got friends who talk about it or if you're on a Discord with other people. I've been through the, the, the Drawfee Discord. Uh, oh. We're asking, you know, talking to people who are interested in Dungeons and Dragons, uh, but have never played. And so I've steered them over towards RPG Crossing. I assume we get like a, a recruiter's fee, right? Yes, exactly. Definitely. Okay, cool. I'm, I, I'm Wait, still waiting for the check, but I, what? <laughs> Wait, were you talking? Sorry, I had you muted. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so, I mean, there's any number of ways that you can get people onto the site and into a game. Yes. Um, 
without having to specifically even create an ad, but... Uh... And the request a game function is actually a very nice setup on the site, because... Can you walk me through it, sir? Because actually, it has been a while since I've gone through the official requesting a game oh, I was gonna, uh, process. I was going to talk very generally and pretend I knew stuff, but sure. Yeah, well, then I called you on your bluff, didn't I? So you go into the tools tab, and there's a drop down, and not very far down, the fourth one down, mm-hmm. is your request a game section. And it tells you, at the very first thing, to not use this to request subfolders. So if that's something you're interested in, mm-hmm. don't do this. And... Right. Oh, it looks like they've even changed it a little bit since. But it it gives you a very quick setup where you put in the name of the game. So it, the game that I talked about earlier, I'd put in the Tower of Aslan up here. If there's anyone else that's going to run the game with you, you can put them in here too because they'll get administrative, essentially, access to your game. You cool. can put in the theme. That's important, I think, because when people look at the game... They're looking for very... They'll see it and they may have a different idea. So if I said the Tower of Aslan, I'm like, oh, this is a gothic horror game. That's much different than this is a right. uh, comedy detective. Sword realm. and sorcery comedy. Yeah. yeah. So, so sure. the, the theme and the yeah, flavor yeah. are kind of important, but they, they're very easy mm-hmm. to kind of mix between. And then the plot summary, I think, yeah. is, the, is the other piece that's very important, obviously, because that's what gets your players interested. Mm-hmm. And then you have yeah. a place to check your system down there, and there's a big old long list. You want to get very specific and be very good about that, because that that is, a lot of times, in my experience, what gets people to click first. They look at what's the system, then they look at the name, yeah. and then they go in, if that draws them in, they look at the theme or the flavor, and like, is that, do those things work? Okay, now I'll read the plot summary. Yeah, for sure. No, actually, it's cool. I'm looking at that now. It's a lot different, excuse me, it's a lot different mm-hmm. than it used to be. Um, Because before you would just post an interest thread and then if you got enough people, then you would go through and request Mm. the forum. So it's it's a lot more streamlined now than it was in the past where you'd have multiple steps necessarily. What's neat about this is you also have a checkbox there at the bottom that says post advert now. So as you said, you know, you have that game seeking players area. Once you get your, Mm. your general setup here, you can actually have that appear in game seeking players. Whether you have a game or not, or whether you have a game forum or not, that goes up pretty quickly. I think that goes up right away, doesn't it? It goes yeah. up real quick. Uh, again, it's been a while since I've, since I've requested a game. The World of Darkness games I'm doing now are actually in old forums that I used to, <laughs> that I used to have from days gone by. It's kind of cool. I mean, it's actually the same forums that I originally ran the games in, so I had to go through and undelete a lot of threads. And the benefit of that way, though... You can bypass that step if you have specific players that you want. You can just well, say, and, hey, and you, you, the you. request a game function actually has a place. If you already have players that you're going to play with, you can list them there. And that actually, mm-hmm. if I remember correctly from talking to the various mods, having players already accepted can make you quicker to have a game actually approved. So you'll get your forum and everything faster. And then once you have the game itself, you get a notification through a PM that hey, your game is ready to go, here's the link to find it, and then you can always access it from then on through your Tools tab in the Dungeon Master Control Panel. Okay, I'm unfamiliar with that part now. Uh, I usually just go through my account. Okay, yeah, 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 yeah. Even I, you, see that. I see that. If you take it out of one of your this favorite games, confused. you can always access them through there, because I have four in here, and even though I've only ever requested two, because I got added as a DM on a couple others. That's also where you can yeah, look for pending well. requests or deleted games that you've requested. So a lot of, lot of neat stuff, Okay. and cool. the Dungeon Master Control Panel also has a link, a button to request a game. 
So we will do more information on building right. an ad on the site at some point. There are a few different walkthroughs that people have put together. We'll talk about them. I think one is B-A-D-A-S-S, okay. and it's an acronym, ADS. So, b- w- repeat that one. B-A-D-A-S-S. B-A-B-A-S-S. D. D as in dog. So, okay, badass is what you're saying. Yes, badass. A badass ad. Okay. So, so we will we will definitely have a whole month dedicated to, to putting an advertisement and an, an advertisement for your game together. Cool. And sort of things that at least you and I find catch our attention, and right. then we'll solicit other <laughs> shiny things in the corner catch my attention. <laughs> I mean, I don't know that I'm necessarily the standard to hold people to, but ultimately we're going to get as much inf- as we can. But it's sure. ultimately come down to our opinion. Yeah. And it's not ever a one size fits all thing. No, for sure, for sure. But until then, I think it is time, unless you have anything else to talk about on the site. I <laughs> uh, probably shouldn't open that door. I could find something to talk about. I mean, well, no, you don't. No. So the, I don't want so you to I, find no, something. So I don't, don't have, have something, something to talk about. That's right. When I ask a question, I want a direct answer. Yes, sir. <laughs> so now it is time for the final installment this month of Adventure Assemble. Yeah, I swear I've heard that. Like it, it sounds I, to me. You've heard it three times that, now. Yeah, that's what it is. You're right. Yeah. You're right. No, it's because because you came up with yeah, that I keep, I entirely keep unique it. slogan on your own. I definitely did. I don't know yeah. why. So it must be the old brains falling apart on me. Our story thus far has been quite interesting, if I may say so myself. Super interesting. We have a Seawalk City legally distinct Seawalk village. Yeah. Full of deposed royalty. Deposed by. Deposed the, by the yeah the theocracy, the theocracy as that we found had, out held a revolution and took over, yeah, imposing religious order on the legally distinct Seawalks. And I imagine they got through because they made everyone realize, like, hey, look what we can do with just a little bit of effort and some sticks and some rocks. Sticks and twine, rocks. We we the, are the sky's the limit. Amazing. We've got this. You don't need royalty. Believe in yourself. Believe in this higher power that we've got. <laughs> and it's, their religion is just the power of positive thinking. <laughs> hey, man, you can do this. You got it. You you got it, Seawalks. And and it right on. It is proven massively effective, which is why mm-hmm. an elf merchant has now decided to hire Edric and what I say, Miro, M- Miro, Miro, Miro the halfling paladin. Yes, Miro the depo- the fallen paladin. Right has asked them to break in to the most sacred and holy of places to steal a thrift shop <laughs> just a thrift it's it's actually just a seawalk thrift shop <laughs> and st- he built it up he he built it up to kind of sell it but it was just a thrift shop and and the goal is to get a sample of this technology for replication and reproduction and then profit mm-hmm. but weirdly enough right miro was once part of this religion and has become disillusioned mm-hmm. by it and Maybe it'll come up. Positive thinking did not yield the results that he had anticipated. <laughs> maybe it'll come up. Maybe it won't. I thought and thought, and the basilisk didn't disappear. <laughs> it it may or may not come up. We, we, we shall have to see. But there is uh, text in the religion that talks about Edric's home in some form. Hmm. We'll have to see if that comes up. So the very mysterious. I'm I'm envisioning this as sort of a four four part adventure, and we'll just kind of talk our way through it. 
and I've got a, a very generalized role for crucial things. Okay. So we have to first get into. I got it. All right. Get into the sacred space, mm-hmm. and that's where the royalty is going to help us. Okay. So we have to we have to convince. Wasn't there one of something them, in the beginning about the royalty will help us get in, but then like promptly die or promptly yes. be killed or. Yes, that that okay. that we definitely know that is going to happen. Our our characters do not. No, okay. But yes, he's the going sacred texts don't in. foreshadow that. For example, do they? It, as far as we know, they don't, because okay. he is unaware of it or she. All right, fair enough. So we got to get into the sacred space. Then we have to find where the actual raw product is, because obviously <laughs> they've protect, protected their main stuff. Yeah, it's I mean, out there. It's copyrighted. You can't you can't reproduce it. No, I mean, sticks and twine in the forest and rocks. I mean, you're not just going to stumble across that stuff so we at have random, to get, right? We have to get that proto-technology. Proto-sticks. Yes. Proto-twine. Yes. And hyper-rocks. In, in, in okay. progress materials. Mm-hmm. And then we have okay. to get out of that space, and then we have to deliver it to the merchant. And I'm sure we'll be harried along the way. Okay. All right, so the the elf merchant has just told us what's at stake, what he's trying to do, and mm-hmm. we've agreed for whatever reason. I, I imagine Miro is just kind of like, yeah, whatever, I'll do I'll, I can I can be a strong fist, whatever. And I think Edric is doing it, as all bards do, for the story, right? Ed, doing it for the gram. That, that makes sense. He, he's got his selfie out, and he's, yeah, he's getting ready to plunder the Seawalks. <laughs> <laughs> Make sure to smash that subscribe button. <laughs> Hey guys, I'm going to show you the 10 easy steps to to steal from the Seawalks. Hit that like and subscribe button before. And if you want part you'll two... Be, you'll be surprised what number seven is. <laughs> so we, we got to go find a royal person or a former royal person who will mm. be sympathetic to us. And so I think that's where our first roll comes in. So if you would grab a d20 for me. Okay. That was not a d20. That was several dice. We're good. Okay. No. F- Do you have all your fingers right. this time? Uh, mostly. Okay. <laughs> Don't even worry about it. So it's here's. Fine. I envision the consequences of failure here are we kind of raise suspicion. So okay. I, ultimately, I think we're going to at least get to the vault. But all right. Shall we roll yes. to find out? So, but I think this could determine whether people are fi- are aware of our intent. Okay, you got this, yes. monkey. You find got, us some royalty. You got this. Don't choke. Don't choke. Don't choke. Don't choke. Natural one. Oh, okay. Oh, you were you were wrong to place your confidence in me. So that's on you. No, I I, I did not place my confidence in you. <sighs> Natural. Oh. Okay. So so I am. We we find royalty that is willing to tell us they want money. We're gonna we we have to kind of scrape up the funds to do it. In the process, though, you, and you tell me here what you think. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Wait, maybe that's a bad idea. No. <laughs> yeah. No. I think a lot of things. I think that this royal person has decided that they can sell out and give up, give us up to the theocracy. Oh. So he's going to help us oh get God. in, but he's setting us up by telling them, telling them oh. we're coming. Traitors, traitor, singular. Yeah. I mean, who oh, knew man. deposed royalty would be so snippy? Yeah, I don't know. Like, it's almost like they're looking for a way to reclaim their estate or uh, any level of authority in the theocracy. <sighs> I expect more from deposed yeah, royals than that. Just accept that your story is done. That's Ooh, it. You're done. On. All right. So yeah. we don't know that this is happening, 
Miro and Edric think they're good. <laughs> Jovially <laughs> clueless, walking in with a completely unearned <laughs> confidence. And and this this royal is leading us in, and we think we're good. And all of a sudden, from the darkness, crossbow bolt. Mm-hmm. Oh, no, no, oh. it has to be a sharp rock, right? It has to be a sharp rock. Sharp rock yeah, comes out they... of the darkness. Well, okay. Are you are you honestly putting a limit on what Seawalk technology can do? I'm not. Do you think they can't? Do you think they cannot possibly come up with the equivalent of a crossbow? I, I'm not, but I'm thinking they would save their best technology. Yeah, true. I'm not worth. I'm not worth a, a makeshift crossbow. Exactly. I mean, this... not when you got a sharp rock at your disposal. They, they've got slings and rocks. That that's all they need for us, right? Yeah. And so the first one just happens to miss us and hits our deposed royalty in the throat. And he goes down in a gurgle. Uh, yeah. What a world! Oh, yeah. All I wanted was to betray you. And this... Uh. <laughs> so, now we have to survive and make it into the vault itself now. We, we kind of breached the first barrier. We got lucky. So I'm going to need another roll. Miro, I think we're in trouble. We'd best hurry along, old chum. <laughs> with an 11 okay so we make it into the vault but unfortunately we get peppered on the way in and so yeah. much pepper i can't stop sneezing <laughs> i can barely see you old chum we're hurting and and if only we had baked potatoes for all this pepper it's going to make getting out a little more difficult i'm going to, have to shift our numbers they're going to hear us sneezing everywhere now <laughs> <laughs> You're just going to keep going with that, aren't you? Until I acknowledge you. <laughs> you can't ignore me till I go away. I can't. It doesn't work. I know. <laughs> better men than you have tried. There are no better men than me. Okay, some of the women on the side have tried. Yeah, that's true. I would say probably all of them. And many of them. <clears throat> all the people have tried. So we, and yet here I am. We, yeah. we make so, it into this this holiest of holy places, where we see the proto technology spread out among us. We got a good lords, Miro. Have you seen such fantastic sticks and twine before in your life? Yes. Did you forget my backstory? I used to work here. Oh, yeah, I, I suppose I did for a moment there. <laughs> it must have been. I was thinking about pepper for some reason. <laughs> Get your head out of the culinary distractions. <laughs> <laughs> So we see, we see, super sticks and mega rocks. Yep. What else? What, what do... and, and and various things tied together. It looks like mm. maybe you know you've got a slingshot over on one side. You've got what looks like a catapult, but it's palm sized. And mm. you've got you've got oh, and here here here's the, the the pride and joy. You've got a log that's sharpened on both sides. On both sides. And it's and it's it's tied with rope. It looks like it's meant to be hung from somewhere and swing. You could swing that and hit anything. You, you yeah. And imagine the damage it could do. I mean, I can't imagine anything that could stand up to that. No, I mean, a, a sharpened log on a rope. That's that's a doomsday weapon. These fools, they don't know what they've unleashed. Thankfully, you have Miro here to help and point out that, that is the most valuable thing here. It's going to take both of us to get it out, though. Mm-hmm. It's very looks very heavy. Yes, and I, I I would imagine Edric does not seem like the strong type. Oh, he's lithe. And and Miro is definitely average when it comes to strength. <laughs> Phenomenally average, as I recall. <laughs> Almost killed uh. you with that one. 
That's why it's going to take you both, though. And that's... Unparalleled levels of mediocrity. That's going to make it just that much harder to get out, because we have to stay together. We have to... But I did say... Edric has a completely unwarranted can-do attitude. He's not going to let a little thing like his complete and utter inability to handle the situation stop him from trying. So, you've got to give me another d20 roll to see if we make it out. Oh, here we go. Yeah, I got a nine. Oh, so... That's German for no, isn't it? <laughs> so, that that definitely <sighs> means that on the way out, we we get ambushed again. And it just... This log is just not good enough. And there's no way we can swing it either to, to unleash the devastating effects of the pointed log on the, its creators. Unfortunately, no. It, it must be suspended ah, from somewhere. Because it would have been the perfect ironic twist. It would twist. have been a great twist. And I think Edric as a bard would appreciate that. I, I agree. You know, Unfortunately, irony. I have no control over this story. <laughs> no, clearly. clearly. It's, beyond, it's clearly beyond any of us. But, thankfully, because of Edric's can-do attitude, he did manage to snag a slingshot on the way out. So you've Ooh. got something small, not the pride and Can-do attitude and kleptomania. Because <laughs> Miro was telling you that this log is the only thing we need to take. It is the height of our the pinnacle mm-hmm. of technology mm-hmm. here. But the other thing fits in my pocket. I'm exactly. already here. And, I mean... and so while Miro was distracted trying to mm-hmm. position the log, you managed to grab yep. this slingshot and stick it in your back. And you know what? You pull it. And you shoot, and man, the battlements explode, and whole armies of Seawalks are knocked over, and we rush out, and Miro is just amazed. And our final... Taste the slings and arrows of outrageous fortune, legally distinct Seawalks. <laughs> and and our, the final task is then to convince the merchant that this is worth it. Even though it's not the best thing he could have gotten, this is worth him. So All right. if you've got one more roll in you... This is it, boys. This is it. We've money. got a... Thank God, natural oh. one again. <laughs> oh, boy. So, uh, we get there. The, 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 the log, you, you was the, the log, the, you know, the log. You asked for the log. The log. <laughs> and uh, and yeah. you try and demonstrate Sorry. its power, I took the, too the slingshot's power, <laughs> and for some reason, it's not working as well as, as it did before. It just seems to kind of... <laughs> I swear this usually it works. It off a tree here and there. You, you, you try and describe... This has never happened to me before, I You're promise. You're trying to describe what, what you saw, and it just doesn't work. And he says, you either have to go back for the log. Was it what, Was it the goat? Did the goat just upstage me again? Was the guy, was the merchant distracted by the goat that ruined my performance as, earlier? As Miro and Edric are leaving, you do, in the distance, hear the distant bleat of a goat. No! Eventually, stories are told of how this elf acquired massive technological advantage and created a weapons manufacturing facility and it all started with a log brought to him by a goat i've got a nemesis now <laughs> i've got a nemesis but i would imagine edric edric tries to oh. spin it out. no no you don't understand i did all that oh he tells stories and people are like sure yeah, you yeah. did i'm sure yeah, you, you look exactly sure like a there. goat <laughs> have you seen this goat have you seen this goat and Come that on, is man. where we will leave miro and edric Maybe for now, maybe forever. We shall see what the next adventure brings. <laughs> yeah. I don't know. Oh my god, you like need that. a new die. Yeah. He may not survive <laughs> to the next session. Maybe I'll have you roll in between and oh he yeah. died of a heart attack. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. 
I wouldn't be but surprised we will at this see rate. what the next adventure is in store for us. Maybe we'll be a totally different place. Until mm-hmm. then, we've been who we are. Most of the time. Yeah. I mean, I'd say for a solid yeah. 30, 40% of the time, we've been I mean, you've been are. consistent. You've been consistent. Uh, I'll, no, I'll, there was that time where I was, oh, I yeah. was, it's a verb. Yeah. Yeah, that's true. And then there was a time where, well, I guess it evens out because there was a time where, where there was nothing but Simi on the podcast. So yeah, I guess it evens out to about four yeah. episodes for me. Yeah. <laughs> and I, I don't even know where my batting average is, but. You've been, you were you. Kind of all over the place. In the beginning and the end, I think. Yeah. But yeah. that's, that is what is play by post. This is RPGX Radio. Go ahead and. <laughs> and something. one day we'll have a sign-off, listeners. <laughs> Goodbye for now. <laughs> See you next time. I regret that I have but one can to open for our podcast. <laughs>